Hello, how are you? Welcome to episode 20 of Be Bougie, Be True, Be You. I'm Charlotte Jones. I hope you're having a good week and that this second round of the lockdown here in the UK, it's not being too difficult for you and I hope that you are okay really. I am feeling quite excited because I've talked about it on and off on my social media. You'll see my daily updates on my story and I've talked about it in previous episodes. I am coming to the end of a challenge that I took up at the end of September. It's by far the longest challenge I've ever done. It was hashtag 55 breakthrough to bliss. I've had to meditate every day. I've had to do uh, 10,000 steps every day plus 30 minutes of movement, which could include a 30 minute walk and no alcohol and follow some sort of food plan of choice. But I just decided to eat healthily. So I've had no chocolate, no real junk food in, I think today is day 48 eight or 49 might even be 49 because I think it finishes at the weekend I am so proud of myself I've never done anything like this before and even if some of it like occasionally the odd night I've been meditating at like midnight because I've realized I've had a busy day and I haven't done it I have shown up for myself for nearly 50 days and I know now I'm so close to the end I will do these 55 absolutely amazing and I have to say I am feeling benefits but I'm also looking forward to just being able to relax a little bit more but these are habits that I now know how I can incorporate them into my everyday life. Moving on though to this week's episode I am so grateful to my friend Dave Waldridge. Dave and I have known each other for a long time we've worked together in radio for a good few years now and even though we know each other well we've hung out lots we like to go for a regular coffee and a catch-up I was able to learn about Dave and his childhood in a way that I didn't know before and I am so appreciative for the way that he opened up and shared his story of his parents' divorce because whether you are an adult going through a divorce now, whether you went through something similar to Dave when you were younger, I think this episode will just shed a light on so many things and be so supportive. So thank you, Dave. Before I start this week's episode, I will give you a quick introduction to Dave so you know what he's all about. Dave is a freelance presenter across video, radio and events. He's worked with commercial and BBC radio stations all over the UK, achieving worldwide acclaim earlier this year by finishing a very impressive, if I do say so, third in the hashtag Radio Star 2020 competition. He's impressed broadcast companies and international brands alike, fronting video content distributed worldwide for the likes of IMG Live, Sky TV, Sainsbury's The MBA and Marriott Hotels. Before the pandemic, if not in a production studio, you would have found Dave hosting live events that's entertaining thousands of people at venues across the UK, such as the O2 Arena, Arena Birmingham and M&S Bank Arena, specialising in sports spectator hosting. He's worked with the likes of the FA, British Gymnastics, England Netball and many more. If you want to find out more about Dave, you can find the links for his website and social media in the description of this episode. But his website is thatdaveW.co.uk and his Instagram is at thatdaveW. Right, let's start this week's episode. You're listening to Be Bougie, Be True, Be You with Charlotte Jones, the podcast to chat about a little bit of anything and everything. Welcome, Dave Aldridge. Hello. Hello there. How are you? 
I'm all right. Yeah, yourself? Yeah, good. Thank you. I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me today because this is a very personal topic. So I'm really grateful that you're being kind enough to open up and share about this because although I know we've been mates for years now, this is going to be a very different dynamic like of learning about each other, especially learning about you and what you've been through. So I'm excited, but I'm also very grateful for you being so open. So let's just get stuck straight into the first question. How old were you when your parents told you that they were going to get divorced? I think I would, I don't know the age. I think it was a year three at school. So what, that's between eight and 10, I think, something like that. But I'd say that was around the time, definitely year three at school, because I remember it so vividly that there was almost like a lead up to the actual action of being told they were going to break up where a lot of stuff didn't seem right like obviously every parent argues but it was almost like a week like one week leading up to it just out of the blue where they're really arguing a lot and i remember there was one massive super duper argument i didn't really know anything was going on i just thought it was a normal one and then not that they argued lots <laughs> that sounds wrong but then i remember the one time and i think it might i don't know if it was before that argument or after it where my mom would always take us to school and then the one day she didn't and we were late and so my dad had to take us in and I remember there was this giant school assembly and we were brought in late because my dad was like well you know my wife didn't come home last night so I think at the time my dad was worried I don't really remember that so much but the one thing I do remember is because I was late and everyone was in this huge assembly of the whole school I had to walk to the assembly hall and my class were right at the front of this assembly. So I had to walk in and then go right to the front. And the person taking the assembly, I think was either the headmaster or like the assistant head, something like that. Anyway, she was like a real like dragon. And um, I remember I went to the front and then she was pushing me like, why are you late? Why are you late? In front of everyone. And I just, I just cried. I was like, because my mom didn't come home last night. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? And that, that moment really sticks with me. Because that was the moment that I associate with this, of when this happened, that that's where something started going wrong. And then I remember it was kind of like, I didn't really know what divorce was. And I remember that my mom introduced me to this guy that apparently she made out to me with dad's friend or whatever. I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then I remember, I think I remember saying my dad, that, oh, I met your friend at Vienna. And I think that might have been the catalyst to that big argument that I just mentioned. And then... I don't remember my dad sitting me down. I remember my mom sitting me down and she sat me down. I don't know if it was the next day or week. I can't. Do- That's what I always find weird about like divorces and as a child and stuff. And if anyone listens to this, I'm sure they might feel the same way that you can never, when you look back at it, you can never put a time scale on things. Things that happened over months or years seem like they happened within a week or something that happened within a day seems like it happened within a month. So it's really hard to pinpoint areas I always find whenever I kind of revisit a conversation like this. But anyway, I remember my mom sitting me down and that was when she said that, you know, me and your dad are going to break up. And I was just like, well, what does this mean? Where are you going to live? And the usual questions that you would expect a young child to ask and it was one of them where originally I said, oh, you know, well, can I come with you, mum? Can I come with you kind of thing? And she's like, no, 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 you got to stay here and stuff. And then as I kind of, within those months, grew up and understood more of what's going on, that dynamic almost shifted that I stayed with my dad. But it's weird, like, because recently, because my dad's fairly old now, I was helping with a lot of the uh, kind of files of around that time of when stuff happened that he kept. And I was kind of just, like, shifting through the stuff and, like, you know, helping organise it a bit. And I came across a that had been written up by like a social worker about me and I was re- it was really kind of surreal to read about eight-year-old 
nine-year-old, however old Dave, back then. And it was talking about, like, you know, they do those activities. That, oh, how do you see your mum and dad's relationship now? And I remember drawing two houses and they walk between the two. And I don't know if that was in the same month or if that was years later. But for me, it's kind of within that same part of when was the moment they broke up. And apparently on there, the note was, oh, uh, the older sister seems fine, but Dave seems like he wants to see his mum more. And I think that's really like, you know, looking back at it, really sad that I felt that way. And it's like, oh, that's such a shame that that, that feeling was there. And, you know, it was it was a sad time. Whereas now I would, I would say that it's a different dynamic between all family members. But, yeah, back then, when I was told it, I remember being distraught and I remember thinking, well, that's my world completely gone kind of thing. And, yeah, it's a weird time. It's hard to, even now, really pinpoint how how I felt, in a way, I suppose. But in terms of when they broke up and when I was told, I don't ever remember... I don't ever remember my dad telling me that they broke up. But I remember, like, the aftermath of it, where my dad was often explain stuff to me right. of why stuff was happening the way it was, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't ever remember my dad saying that, oh, we broke up, but it was more kind of like once my mum and my dad were living separately that, you know, my dad would explain stuff to me. Oh, that, do you know what? That made me feel really emotional. That's, I'm sorry, that's like, I don't know, it's just really, um, it's really sad. But what I did pick up on is you were saying that it was between the ages of eight and ten you think this, this mm. all happened. And what I find interesting is even though people and maybe your parents or other adults around you weren't necessarily saying anything outright to you so you knew what was going on you still had a strong instinct you still had an awareness because like you said things had obviously been going on for a while before this week where it all suddenly happened Mm. and I think it's really interesting that as adults we seem to think that children are oblivious we almost treat them as if like yeah like they're the dog, like the dog sitting in the corner where you know the dog's not really listening and really paying attention, and we forget that children are so so aware. You know what? I think it's one of them, and I've always said this. Like when I look, when I look at the years of how stuff happened and how the breakup happened and what happened with my mom's new relationship and how my dad went and stuff, I always said that at that point my life could have gone in two very different directions. It, I could have let it affect me at that age and. I could be good as knows where now, you know, and that happens and that's okay. But, you know, it can really badly damage you. But for me, whilst, yeah, okay, it did damage me, absolutely. I, I think I've got a lot of, I think a lot of my kind of, I would say, negative mental attitudes come from that time in my life. But I think that I turned out okay because, and I always say this, because I took the values of that eight-year-old and applied that, to my life where you know that was all I knew because I mean I remember times where I almost was raising myself at some points because you know my dad obviously you know didn't have a good time fell into the worst state I've ever seen him in and my mom was busy with her new life you know maybe wasn't the grass she thought it would be on the other side of the hill and I remember my sister kind of and I've always, this is why I'm more, I've always been quite close to my old sister. And I, you know, funny enough, when I saw her recently, I said to her, above everyone else, I'll always listen to what she has to say because I respect her the most. Because in a way, my older sister, I wouldn't say was my mom at some point, but did sometimes raise me. She was the one that was pulling all the strings and helping my mom and dad get through this on wherever she was needed. And then I was kind of like shoved in the corner out of the way not really being spoke to about stuff and not really being brought into stuff at all as you say kind of in the in the corner silent but watching what was going on yeah and just kind of approaching it with the attitudes i had learned of 
how to be a good boy, like when I'm eight years old. But I remember at the time being very frustrated that that was the case, that I was never told anything. I was never explained to anything in a deep way. But I look back on it now and I think to myself, thank God I wasn't. You know, thank God my older sister was the one that was in the eye of the storm and pushing me out because if I was in the eye of the storm, I think that then I would be in a very different position now as an adult because of that. Yeah. I mean, I suppose what you were picking up on as a kid is, I get it, divorce is an absolutely huge thing. And like you said, your dad was going through a huge life change, but you become unintentionally very focused around yourself and immediately what affects you. So you could probably pick up on that they couldn't give you the attention that as a child you were needing because they were just obviously having to deal with so much. So I can completely see that. You probably Mm. got the vibe from your sister that she could be there for you because she wasn't the one directly yeah, going totally. through it i guess and you know you always make excuses for the ones you love and stuff so i understood you know yeah that i and i think in a way i see myself as a very over understanding person and i think that's because of that growing up the way i did that those kind of you know those life values stayed with me till i was like 17 because i didn't know any different yeah you know i was never taught any different because there was never any time to teach me any different You've kind of touched on this with obviously saying about the social worker saying you wanted to see your mum more, but how mm. did you find in the years that followed from the divorce, your relationship with your parents, like the dynamics, how did that change? I've got to be honest with this, and I think this is something which I've only realised myself in the last few years or so. I think it was all because of my dad that my mum and dad had had such a good relationship. Right. So when it originally happened, because of my mom making this choice to leave my dad to go with someone else, and it may be not planning out as best it did, you know, they're still together, which is fine. But at that time, there was a lot going on. And I had a younger sister as well. And I mean, I won't get into it too much, but there was a kind of legal battle between my mom and my dad of who would take custody of my little sister because my little sister was in the best of environments uh, in this new situation for my mom. So my little sister came to live with my dad eventually and they had, you know, they sorted it all out and stuff. And I think that after that, my dad could have easily said, okay, well, see you later kids. I'm going to go and enjoy my life on my own and start my own life again. If your mom can do that. And saying that my mom could have done exactly the same thing saying, Oh, well, look, I've got a new life with this new situation. See you later. Bye. Mm. But whilst yes. Okay. Both of them come together and saw the greater good for the kids. I do think it was more my dad than my mom that made sure that was the case. I think it was definitely 80-20 in that situation where, you know, I remember, you know, a couple of years after my mom and dad broke up and stuff had been sorted out and the kind of, you know, the the hecticness had settled down and they're both in a better place. I remember my dad going around helping, doing stuff in the house. And, you know, I remember like giving her lifts, places and stuff. And and there was never anything there at all. You know, my mom had a whole new life. She had whole new kids and stuff. And I remember like me and my older sister, as we grew up and understood it more when we're in our teens, we're like, why do you do this? You don't need to do this. But I think my dad was almost stuck in a habit of some way because he did that when we were kids so that, things would be easier for everybody so everyone would get on and i think for me that's the biggest surprise of the divorce of my mom and dad that actually they were quite civil for a few years they were quite nice you know i remember going around my mom's house and we were at hers for christmas with my dad there as well and the new person you know yeah but and i think that that is the biggest surprise for me and the biggest i don't want to say positive that come out of it all but that they can have their own two different lives that still live parallel 
because of the kids. But I just thought, oh, they get on kind of thing. But as I've grown older, I've definitely realised that was because of my dad making that so. Do you know, it, when you were saying that, I was thinking when it's awful that anybody has to go through situations like this in life. But what I think, again, I feel like it's a bit cheesy to say the positive out of it. But what you learn by going through really difficult situations like that is, like you said, you've just seen your dad in a light that had your parents stayed together, you would have never realised yeah. just how good a person he was and just how patient he was. Oh, or, totally. And, yeah. and you get to create a whole new kind of bond with your mm-hmm. dad. That And this is it. I've always said my dad's downfall is he sees the good in everybody. Like he, And I think sometimes people, I don't want to say my mum took advantage of that, but I think some people do take advantage of that with my dad that he sees the good in everybody and will always do I don't want to say do anything for anyone because he's not a mug but like he's just kind yeah yeah I think that's it you know and I think that you know he always put the kids first like you know he didn't have to go into a legal battle for my little sister he didn't have to do that he didn't have to you know almost bend over backwards in some situations to make sure the kids were okay you know he was going through his own stuff his wife had just left him he was not in a good place but he still kind of put that to a side to make sure the kids were all right Right. Well, that that's really, really lovely. And sort of saying that, do you now think that there were any parts of the situation? Because as you said, when you first found out, you thought your whole world was ending, which understandably, especially at that age, when you don't even really understand what divorce is. But as as you navigated your way through it, were there any parts of the situation that didn't turn out as badly as you thought they might have done at the beginning? I think... I'll go back to what I said before. I think the biggest part of it that didn't turn out as bad as I thought it would, especially when it all... I I don't want to say when it first broke up, but for those following years where things were... um, I was introduced to themes and ideas which no child should be introduced to because of people putting themselves in certain situations. Okay. But following that how everyone kind of come together and got on and there was never awkwardness at family, like, you know, never awkwardness at Christmas with anyone. And like, you know, mom and dad didn't hate the ground each other walked on. Okay, yeah, maybe at first, but they got on, you know, they go around Christmas, they buy Christmas presents for each other still. And when it was a birthday of a child, they could be in the same room at the same time. Uh, Probably at first, they didn't want to do that. They probably thought this is awful, but we're going to do it for the kids. But I think that kind of begrudgingly doing it eventually turned into a way where they would just do it because of they were civil with each other in some ways. It became easier. It became a new normal type of thing. Don't get me wrong. I knew they pissed each other off. Like I remember (laughs) going around my mum's and my mum always going, oh, I hate it when your dad comes around and picks up things in the house or whatever, blah, 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 blah. And then I remember my dad saying, oh, I wish your mum would stop calling me to try and fix this and that because she's got a new life now. Why can't she do it herself? And so I knew there was little, little niggles at that at each other. But when I look at how other people's divorces happened and I speak to other people my age and how their divorce happened at their ages, yes, okay, it might not have been as messy following the actual split for the following years but when you fast forward 10 20 years those two parents don't talk to each other anymore whereas my mom and dad until recently still were yeah so i think that for me that's the part of it that isn't as bad as i thought it would be it's a weird question to answer because i put myself back in that situation when my mom first told me she was leaving and i didn't quite understand it and I suppose part of me now still doesn't understand how, well, what is a normal way to be out of a divorce? What is the, the right way? What is a better way than what you thought it would be? Because I didn't even know what it would be to begin with. So what it is now isn't so much, oh, is it better than you thought it would be? It's just what it is. 
but I just compare it to not so much is it better than what I thought it would be, but is it a better situation when you compare yourself to other people of your age with parents who aren't, you know, together anymore, you know? Completely. Yeah. And actually, what you were saying there about they had the odd moment where she, your mum might say to you, oh, your dad really annoys me when he does this, and your dad said, mm. do you think, it was just something that popped into my head, we always say we try and protect children, and actually it might be more beneficial to be more honest with them, as in so that they feel part of the picture rather than just observing. However, when those moments happened and your mum or your dad had a little bit of a whinge about the other one to you, do you wish they hadn't done that or are you kind of glad you felt more like it was more honest and more real? That's a good question. You know what? No, actually, I think that was fine doing that. Okay. In, in terms of whinge, because because it made it seem, I don't want to say it made it seem like one big family, but in a way it kind of blurred the lines of the split a bit more and made things a bit easier because it was almost like how you know, parents that have stayed together would moan about the other parent, you know? Yes. So, yeah. you know what I mean? So that, I don't so much have a problem with that. I still I still think that, like I said before, there was a few themes and ideas that no child should be even discussing or thinking about at certain ages that I had to learn how to cope with very quickly, you know? Yeah. That's the stuff I don't think should have been... I think, and I know it's easy for me to say, I think my mum and dad could have done a better job at putting a lid on some of that stuff. Right, okay. But at the same time, with the flurry and the panic of some of these things that happened and, you know, the immediacy of some of these things that happened, you can't say, oh, well, you should have reacted in this way. Like, because you don't in those situations. Hindsight is a, you mm. know, what's the saying? Hindsight is a... Is, yeah, it's 2020 yeah. or a thing, isn't it? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. But going into sort of your romantic relationships now and going through everything you've been through, how has that affected you in when you show up in a relationship? Oh, I'm going to just kind of do a side answer. I'm going to answer that, but I'm just going to do a little side note to this. Okay. When I introduce a, a new person in a relationship to my family... I make it very, very clear that my mom and dad have split. My mom's new life is her new life. And so, for example, I do have a half-brother and half-sister, and I love them. They're great. But they're my half-brother and sister. I will never say they're my sister okay. or my brother fully. And I know that's a horrible thing to say, but the other half of where they come from, I mean, I refuse to discuss and I refuse to waste my time talking about. And this kind of where it comes full circle to the question where I make that introduction very clear that, you know, I'm not I'm not going to say don't speak to certain people, but I make it very clear my feet of my feelings of that. And I know that some people might listening might think that, oh, that's just because your mum got a new life and you're just bitter about it. Blah, blah, blah. And it's not that at all. There is a lot of other stuff for reasons why. So I remember when my mum first broke with my dad i was i understood the situation but i wasn't like a little tantrum child about it yeah i was like cool man like that's the way it's gonna be but things that happened in the years following is the reason why i feel that way and that's why i always introduce someone even my friends or anyone that this is my mom this is my half brother and sister i love them all very much and this is why they're my half brother and sister this person and i don't even speak to them you know i refuse to and that's in terms of how I show up to a relationship, and again, I think it comes back to being an understanding person, where I show up to a relationship, make that very clear what the situation is, but also I'm very good, I would say, 
at understanding another person's point of view. So, for example, uh, myself and my girlfriend now, where she'll you know be moaning about someone at work or whatever, I'm very good at playing devil's advocate because I used to have to do that as a child where my mom and, when my mum and dad had broken up. And my dad spoke to us kids like we were adults as well. And right. I remember that I used to get frustrated at my dad talking to my little sister. Not like meanly as an adult, but talking about things that you shouldn't talk about with a child kind of stuff, you know? Me and your mom have signed this thing today, blah, 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 blah. It's like, we don't need to know about that. But then I look back on it and my dad needed some, an adult to talk to, if that makes sense. Yeah. Where my mom had that in her new life, my dad didn't. But because of that, that introduced me to being Playoffs Devil's Advocate. Because when my dad would speak to it, I'd be like, well, what if mom did it? Did that because of this? Or what if mom did that because of that? You know, and that's where I bring it back to my current girlfriend now, where she's talking about someone from work or a friend or whatever. Don't worry, she loves all her friends in case anyone's listening. Um, <laughs> but like, I'll always be like, yeah, but what if they, you got to see it from this point because they did that because of X. Oh, they said that because of Y. And I think that's what I bring to a relationship with anyone now. Even, you know, as a friend as well, that I can always kind of, to help fully understand the situation, I'll take a step back for a minute and be like, okay, well, I hear what you're saying, but because of this person did this, did you think maybe they did it in this way and you took it the wrong way? And I'm, so I'm never like, I'm always your team 100%, always 100%, you know, no problem at all. I'll always ask questions of stuff. So he's kind of like a neutral ground and very real and just always looking at it from both sides, which is actually very good in a relationship because that means if you got angry about something, you're automatically going to look at both sides rather than just focus on your own. Because obviously it's a common habit when you're angry, isn't it? To want to... Yeah, and I think like, you know, without talking about past relationships and stuff, Yeah, I think I've been guilty of being... And it get, you know, even actually no, even current relationships now, you know, like like you know, me and my girlfriend now and stuff. Sometimes I can be too understanding, you know, and I think that goes back to having to be understanding in such a kind of vicious and unsteady environment back then, because you had to see everyone's point of view. Yeah. You know? And it goes back to being the little kid shoved in the corner, just seeing everything that's going on because you're seeing all sides of it. Yeah. So know? because you- you're not in the eye of the storm. So I think now part of me steps back from the eye of the storm all the time to do that, to go in that same position again. Do you feel feel that's a positive? Are you glad that you can look at it like that or do you... Yeah, yeah? I am actually. Yeah, because, you know, I think as you do when you look at other people's relationships and stuff and you think like, oh my God, dude, you act like a total dick in that relationship. And I'm thinking <laughs> I wouldn't do that because I would step back before that point to understand what's going on. Yeah, I was going to say, know? that leads me on to, are there any, thinking about this, are there any behaviours that because of what you went through, you just know that you wouldn't do now? So I don't know, for example, some people like to ignore people. So if they're annoyed, they just won't reply for a day or two while they sort of think about it. But I do think when you've gone through such a hard situation, you have, like you say, you learn a lot of lessons, but you pick up on things where you think that think, wasn't okay. Yeah, I think one thing, and I wasn't planning to like go into this too much. You don't, but, whatever you're no, comfortable no, no, with. It. No, 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 I wasn't planning to go into this too much. But I think one thing which I've learned over the years when I was in a very good place during kind of late teens and stuff, that I always had a need to be liked or need to be loved or whatever. Now, whether that's, I'm not saying, you know, my parents didn't give me enough love as a kid, blah, blah, blah. I'm not, I'm not playing a heart violin for that. Don't worry. But I think that that's definitely a need of mine. I'm always, not so much now, but definitely then I always felt like a need to be liked and a need to be loved. And I think that maybe I put myself not in situations but 
made, I don't know, I don't want to say made friendships or stuff like that, but maybe did actions or whatever that I wouldn't necessarily do now because I'm comfortable as myself. Right. But I think then when I had almost a need to be liked, I don't think I would do this or act the same way now. Yep. Yeah, I I mean, that's still something for myself to kind of unpackage, and I don't think I'll ever have the answer to that until, you know, even when I'm in my 90s, my <laughs> 80s, I won't have the answer to that. But I think for sure that that's one thing which, for me, obviously all the negative stuff, how I felt, and having a bad time in my late teens and stuff, and, and I think a lot of that stems partly from the divorce, for sure. But if I could point to one thing that immediately happened following that, I mean, of course, I was sad. I was always like a happy little kid. I was always bouncy and stuff. That wasn't the case when it first happened. But I think following that and going in and for maybe one of the reasons and one of the kind of pillars of why I didn't have a good time in my late teens was because that need to always be loved and always be liked kind of thing. And I think it almost follows into my career at some points because I remember some of my first radio demos, I remember people critiquing it going back saying that why do you feel the why are you forcing it to be liked why are you sounding like you need to be liked all the time and that's when i kind of realized that that's the personality of teenage dave coming through and now luckily that isn't the case anymore because if you don't like me you don't like me you're lost yeah but like i think i think for sure if i could point to one thing that would be 100 percent it yeah the kind of need to really be liked and i don't know whether that's because being the kid shoved in the corner because yeah okay it was great that i wasn't in the eye of the storm and you know i wasn't exposed to stuff as much well yeah okay i could hear it and see it going on whilst yes that's a positive thing it's also a negative thing because maybe i had that lack of oh you are wanted you are part of this family blah 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 blah. yeah for sure that's definitely one thing that i think was a negative outcome yeah do you know what i can completely relate to that because i think if you have something happen in your childhood whether it's divorce whether it's something else i think for me it was when my dad died you've you kind of, I feel like we handled it in such similar ways where we sort of took it as what it is and we assumed we'd, we were fine. And I do feel as you get into your late teens, early 20s, things oh, that happen sure. then start to come out in a way that you just, you had no yeah. idea. And that need to be liked, I think, mm. comes from just a feeling of confusion and loss from when you were younger. Oh, for sure. For sure. I think that, um, I think that yeah, you realise more and more about yourself and about your life and about what happened as you get older. I mean, like I said before, I think that I put myself into situations that I should have. I look back at my very first, you know, relationship of me and another person, and I would look. I look back at it now, and that was a mentally abusing relationship, mm. you know, of them against me, kind of thing. You know, I think I would have realised that if I didn't have this need to always be liked and loved all the time. You know, yeah. I think that. I wouldn't be so precious about that. And I think that the happiest I am now, the best version of myself now, could have happened years before. Yeah, but it's. I think it's all a process and it's growing up. I do think in a... I, I, we were chatting about this just before we started um, recording, actually. I think we make a lot of decisions in our early to mid-20s where we think we're a grown-up and we think we've got it figured out. And then as we get to about 25, 27, around that time shifts start to happen and we actually start to find ourselves and actually realise a lot of decisions or choices we've made don't really match with who we are. They kind of match with who we thought we wanted to be. And yeah. depending on the depending on what happened to you growing up or what situations you're in will influence what you think you want as an adult. Well, this is it. Like, I always make the joke with my girlfriend now that, um, I mean, we've been together for about four years or so. 
Like, I, think, I think probably longer, to be fair. But, and now I'm the best version of myself I've ever been because before her, we always joked that I didn't even like olives, whereas now I like olives. And that, for me, is weird. It's like it's, like, it's level two, Dave. Like, yeah. I feel that, you know, the Dave of when my mum my mom and dad broke up, there was that version. Then there was the early teens version, the late teens version, the early 20s version, and now we're in the late 20s version. And that's lovely that you're in a relationship that's given you the space to really come into that but like you said, level two version of Dave, where you feel like you can just level up. It's a relationship that encourages you type of thing. That's really lovely. Yeah, for sure. I think that like I look back on like other relationships and stuff where I always thought they were being supportive and I was being out of order for wanting said support or, you know, ex- not expecting said support, but like it being there and almost that always being a challenge. Whereas now that the support aspect never is a challenge anymore. Right. You know, so that's kind of like the tick that this is right. Yeah, that's really lovely. Well, thank you so much because you've been so open and I think this will really help so many people because you've just been so honest. But This is it, yeah. Look, if it helps one person that's listening to even like kind of start the conversation of unboxing how they feel, yes. that is an achievement. Exactly. So knowing everything that you do know now, what would you love your younger self to know? Because like you said, you've got to this good, peaceful place within yourself now. What is the one takeaway that you would wish in a way that you would have known back in your late teens, early 20s? Oh, man, that's a good question. <laughs> it's going to be okay. That's what I'd say to myself. I love that. I really love that. Because it's so true. Every time you think you've hit rock bottom, you will always find your way back out. I love that. It will be okay. Yeah, totally. I'd give myself a hug and say, Dave, it's going to be okay, dude. You got this. Yes. Well, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed talking to you today. Where can people find you online if they want to know more about you and what you do? Yeah, totally. And you know, if anyone ever wants a conversation about, you know, their relationships with their mom, dad, brother, sister, whoever, their dog, um, <laughs> you can always give me a shout. It's totally cool. We're always open book with people. Find me on all the socials at that Dave W. You can head over to my website as well. Check out some of the work I've done there, thatdavew.co.uk. Um, and yeah, you know, let's have a chat again soon. Yeah, definitely. And thank you so much for that offer. That's really kind of you. No worries at all. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm.